0: So I like to go to the mailbox every now and again and uh, try and address some of the questions and comments and such that come up. Uh, I I try to mention often how much I appreciate uh, the fact that we can interact together this way. And so, uh, however, I do apologize that it's been a minute since I've kind of gone and and done that just in the course of, you know, just pastoral ministry, there's uh, uh, a lot of things come up that um, that unfortunately have pushed some of these, um, uh, uh, addressing questions and that on the back burner. So I apologize for that. Um, but I have pulled a number of them out that I'd like to address over the course of the next few days this week. And, um, and again, once again, thanks for sharing those things. And, uh, uh, you've probably heard me mention that, uh, when someone asks a question, I will oftentimes address it in a post, because chances are, if you're thinking about it, wondering about it, or it might be confusing to you, um, others may be in the same place. And so it's just good for us to, to take some time to look at these things. So I want to go ahead and take one that um, came in a few days ago from Living for Truth. And this was a, a question that arose out of our post on uh, our prophecy brief, Why Believe in the Rapture? And that was uh, from last week. So Living for Truth asks this question. I have a confusing question to ask, and I only ask because I want to understand. Well, kudos. That's the perfect reason to ask a question. We all want to grow in our faith, so right on. Uh, If the bride of Christ, which is us, those in this time period who have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior and are saved by faith in him and by grace, are raptured so as not to endure the wrath of God, because Jesus would not allow his bride to go through that, does that mean that those who are saved during the wrath of God are not the bride of Christ? I know that they are called tribulation saints, but does that mean that they are not considered the bride of Christ and they are no longer saved by faith and grace? It's confusing to me. Well, that's a great question. Um, first of all, it's a great question because it demonstrates the idea of thinking through the implications of ideas and positions and perspectives. As somebody who believes in um, the idea of a rapture of the church, uh uh this of course is a question that would come from that. Well, okay, the Bible says in, in places like First Thessalonians chapter five, as a matter of fact, First Thessalonians chapter one, uh one ten and eleven, and then first uh, Thessalonians five, nine as well, the idea that um that we are not appointed to wrath. Well, if the wrath of God comes during this period of time in the tribulation, uh, and there is some debate as to where, where that wrath starts. Is it with the opening of the first seal? That's where I believe it starts. Or is it later in the opening of a later seal um, uh, where uh, where it specifically seems to be called the wrath of God? I would argue that it's the first seal. But whatever the case is, um, once the wrath happens, what about or begins to unfold? What does that mean about those who come to Christ during that period of time? And we know that people will come to Christ during that time. In uh, Revelation 7, for example, we see um, the 144,000 going forth. And while it doesn't directly say that this is the result of their um, anointing and going forth, the next thing that John sees is that there are people from every tongue, tribe, and nation around the throne worshiping in that. And so the implication seems to be that these witnesses go out and there are many who come to faith during that time. Uh, our, obviously you would argue that the 144,000 that are sealed are those that are sealed during this 70th week of Daniel. And so therefore they come to faith after the rapture, presumably, and those who come to faith by their testimony, a witness or however, those came to faith also are saved. And so let me touch on one thing here just to clarify something. Um, The the era of being saved by God's grace through faith is not reserved just for the church age. This, as we learn from Paul in Galatians 3, really most of the book of Romans speaks to this, most of the book of Galatians speaks to this. Um, I would argue the Gospels, Jesus' own words testify to this idea that the the idea of being saved in any other way than by God's grace through faith has never been. It's always been by faith. Uh, by by God's grace through faith, and so um, this this again I think is a point that is made repletely clear throughout the New Testament, and I would even argue in the Old Testament. Matter of fact, Paul quotes from uh, from David in uh, Romans four, and and in his discussion of how nobody is saved by the works of the law, but rather by the imputation of the righteousness of Christ. Even David in the Old Testament spoke of the idea of the imputation of righteousness, not something that is earned, and so the idea of the just living by faith. Um, Habakkuk Two four Romans galatians hebrews we we see this concept is not a New Testament concept it 's actually an Old Testament concept that has given far greater clarity and connection to the very person and work of Christ specifically uh, clearly uh, in the New Testament so that being said um, it 's important to recognize that whether you are in the body of Christ in the New covenant sense or whether you are saved in the Old covenant sense. You are always saved by God's grace through faith. Uh, And so um, this is an important thing uh, uh, point to make because I think it begins to speak to some of this question. So I just want to interject that there. But let me speak also to what the church age is and the idea of there being different entities spoken of in Scripture. Um, The church age is that period of time from the beginning of the church— And interesting, we just talked about this on Sunday. Um, You know, the question of when did the church age begin? Was it Acts 2, Acts 9, Acts 13? Some even hold Acts 28. Uh, You can listen to our uh, service on Sunday to learn more about those particulars uh, as we made our way through Ephesians chapter, uh, begin of chapter 3. But uh, whenever the church age started, uh, we'll say it started in Acts chapter 2, all the way up until the bridegroom comes to snatch away his bride, in the rapture, which I think happens prior to the beginning of the seventieth week of Daniel, or the period known as the tribulation, uh, or specifically uh, Revelation chapter six with the opening of the first seal, I think that that is the, the period of time known as the church age. Once the church is gone, the church age is over. And so, what of the what about the other groups of people that are outside of the church age and therefore outside of the bride of Christ? What ha- what about them? Well, to, to answer your question first and foremost, um, in, in Revelation chapter 19, uh, if in fact the marriage supper of the Lamb happens at this stage in the book of Revelation, which I tend to think it does because there is sort of a um, chronology kind of language that is used at the beginning of chapter 19. In other words, after Babylon's fall, uh, after this, these events take place in chapter 17 and 18. In chapter 19, it begins with, After these things I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven. Okay, so after all those things took place, now this takes place, and this takes place in heaven. Well, what takes place in heaven? Well, as we make our way down to verse 7 uh, through 10. We see that the marriage and marriage supper of the Lamb takes place at this point. There are varying... Um, uh, opinions on when the marriage of the lamb happens. Is it at the point of the rapture? Is it at this point in revelation 19, there is a case to be made that there are some elements in the book of revelation where there's a question as to the chronology. Do they happen overlapping ways? Uh, is John just in, in his position outside of time, seeing lots of things happening at once and he's just recording them in sort of a linear fashion. I think there's room for both of those perspectives. There is both the linear but there's also this necessity to recognize that John is sort of outside of the restraints of time and space the way we understand them on earth as he's looking at these things in heaven. Uh, so these understand that helps us get a sense of how the book of Revelation can be uh, put together and understood. But that being said, I think that chapter 19 is, in fact, because of the language of chronology that seems to be there at the beginning of the chapter, I think this does happen after some other events. And as it's happening, the marriage supper and even the marriage of the lamb uh, seems to take place at that point. One thing in particular that's important to notice is that this takes place before Christ returns to the earth. That's significant because those who get saved after the rapture, but before the second coming, don't fall into the church age. They are saved by grace through faith because that's always been how anybody's been saved, and so that's never changed. However, they did not come to believe during the time of the church age, and so therefore it would seem as though, uh, if we understand this correctly, that they also would not be participating in the marriage supper of the Lamb, but in fact would be enduring that period of time all the way up to the point where Christ returns. Now, when Christ returns in chapter 19, verse 11— it says that he he, he casts the Antichrist and the false prophet into the, the uh, into the lake of fire. They are immediately judged, passing through the great white throne judgment and all of that. They are immediately put into the lake of fire. Uh, and also, all of those who were with them in rebellion against Christ at his return are killed. Those who do not seem to be killed during that period of time are those who were not in rebellion against Christ when he returned. Who are those? Those are the ones who who did not take the mark of the beast, those who um, therefore are not going to fall under the judgment of those who took the mark of the beast, uh, the the tribulation saints, those period, those, those folks saved during that period of time of the tribulation, they will then enter into the millennium. um, Presumably at that point, uh, they may receive their glorified bodies at that point, or it may... Uh, I'm sorry, actually, uh, um, they will not receive their glorified bodies at that point. They will receive them after with the creating of the new heavens and the new earth for various reasons, which we've addressed in the past as another subject. But... They will enter into the millennium at that, at that point. We, as believers, will return with Christ, having enjoyed the marriage supper of the Lamb. We will return with the Lamb of God as he comes and makes war against the Antichrist, the false prophet, and those armies of the nations that are with him, with them. And we will enter into the millennial kingdom as well. Now the millennial kingdom is, of course, the fulfilling of the promises made to Israel that we get to participate in as well as, as the bride of Christ in this kind of thing. So, um, so, A, um, uh, are they part of the bride of Christ, those tribulation saints? It appears not. It appears that they are not part of the bride of Christ, just like those prior to Christ's coming were not part of the bride of Christ. They are part of Israel in the old Testament here in the tribulation period. People from every tribe, tongue, and nation that gets saved during this period of time are not necessarily ethnic Jews. Some are, some are Jewish. Uh, some are not Jewish. And so these are not part of the uh, the bride of Christ. They would appear from the book of Revelation if we're understanding that correctly. That said, they all are saved by grace through faith. It just happens that because they come to faith after the rapture, they just fit into a period of time chronologically that precludes them from being in the body of Christ, but they are still saved by grace through faith. So I hope that begins to clear up some of that confusion. There there again are, are, are... uh, these are great questions to ask because they are raised in connection with what the Bible teaches about how these things unfold. So I appreciate that you asked this question, and I do hope that uh, that gives some clarity to that. Uh, again, this was not, so to speak, uh, uh, intended to be a discussion on the timing of the rapture or even... Um, you know, again, I hold a, a view on the on, on the uh, where the beginning of the church is. But even if you hold a differing view, what we're really talking about in this question is just what about those who are saved outside of the church age? after the church is gone, uh, and they're saved during the tribulation period. So, um, again, thanks for asking. I hope that brings some clarity to it. And I appreciate you watching and listening. We're going to, again, try and address some of these questions, uh, that have come in over the, uh, the last little bit over the next few days. And so if you have a question or a comment or anything like that, you're welcome to share them in our comment section. Uh, I promise you, I do my best to try and read all of them and again, try to respond to as many as I can. Um, and, uh, and certainly you can uh, leave them in our comment section, or if you decide you'd like to email me with those questions, you can email me at info at com. And uh, that's the best way to reach me. Uh, there are other emails I've used in the past and I've over the years tried to consolidate things down and that that is the path that you want to use to, to send a question or a comment and if you decide to email that so but in any case, most of all, I appreciate you watching and listening and those of you who interact, I appreciate that as well thank you so Father we thank you for giving us your word thank you for giving us a hunger for your word thank you for giving us a desire to understand these ideas better and better and uh, lord where there is confusion i pray that the holy spirit would bring clarity we pray that we would always be looking to your word to understand these things and um and uh, at the at the end of all of that we thank you also for the grand hope the great hope that you have given us the expectation of christ coming to snatch away his bride and bring us home the ultimate fulfilling of all of the things that your word has said is coming and we just thank you that as your children and even as the bride of christ in this day uh, we're very, very grateful for what you've called us to and certainly what you've saved us from. So we bless you and praise you for this, Lord, and thank you for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace forever. And we'll catch up with you next time.